Hello out there, Barely Living the Dream listeners. This week we have a somewhat return to form. Uh, Our podcast was recorded once again in a car on the way to a location scout for a movie that we're in the planning stages of shooting. Basically, I wanted to go ahead and get Chris's thoughts on this film he just worked on while they were fresh. And since we had a good amount of drive time, we figured no time like the present. So uh, for our longtime listeners, you'll recognize the format. You'll recognize the car noise. Uh, Bear with us. If you're new, uh, not all of them will sound like this, but I kind of like doing podcasts this way because, I don't know, it just kind of feels more natural and off the cuff, and uh, we have some good conversations. So set back and enjoy. Uh, Next episode, we will be back with myself, Chris, and Brittany in the studio. Thanks again for listening. Here we are again for Barely Living the Dream, old school. Once again, we are in a car driving. God. This time, we're actually heading to a location scout Yep, for a future project. But we figured, why not go ahead and knock out another podcast? Because Chris has a lot of stuff to talk about. Boy. As he has just returned home from working on a, uh, a feature film out in Northern California. Yep. Uh, which is it's, it's an interesting story. Man. Uh, which we'll get to, um, but uh, first off, I wanted to just a couple quick things. Number one, if you didn't hear the end of the last podcast, I'm going to go ahead and put it at the front of this one. If there's anybody out there that wants to come in for the podcast challenge and uh, kind of do a he said she said thing and meet me meet us on our own terms and give your counterpoint to any arguments that we've had in the past. Open invitation, within reason. Yeah, Brittany and I discussed that last time. You know, anybody that anybody that I might possibly kick their teeth down their throat, they know that I'd kick their teeth down their throat when they showed up. So you guys don't waste your time, <laughs> unless you want to put me in jail for a night. But um, anybody else, you know, if you think that I've played the victim too much or anything I said was unjustified, I welcome you with open arms. And we'll do a podcast and just hash out everything together. And you need, to, you need to put in the Journey song right here. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, you did listen to that last podcast where we kind of talked about. And remember, I thought we talked about the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. bringing the witchcraft guys on. Right. It even got. We even talked about that. And it's nice. actually pretty funny. But nice. okay. I think it'd be great because you yeah. know what? Like, I don't. Just like what happened earlier today. Right. 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 I'm not worried about it. No. Yeah. Like I, I totally know that I. And justify everything that I've done, but hey, if you don't feel that way, come on down. Let me know. Shoot us an email at uh, upstartfilm at gmail.com or like a tweet at upstartfilm or something. Let us know. We'll set it up neutral. We'll, we'll choose a neutral location, uh, <laughs> you know, so that we don't skew it one way or the other, and we'll make some good podcasts. Yeah, I mean, hey, why not? And let's see what you got. Let's hear what you got to say. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, and and. Bring, bring your crew. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to help you. <laughs> I mean, we'll represent. You rep. Uh, number two update. Uh, What's well, like a mini update because can't really talk about it yet. Yeah, but yeah. what we mentioned, what happened earlier, look for more. Uh, <laughs> look for more to come on that uh, plagiarism stuff we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had some. We had some big developments this morning. So with that, with those said, I guess they're both kind of like teasers for things to come yep uh, we're gonna kind of like turn it over to you uh, you've, you've got all you've got all the talking to you like we only 
We only heard a very little bit from you. Yeah. During that time you were gone. Which was basically meh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, hey, Chris, how things are... How, actually, you know what? I'll play the clip. Yeah. Play For those clip. of you that have heard it. Yeah, yeah, play the clip. Oh, uh, okay. Well, just, just call me back. Well, while I have you, just in one quick sentence, how are things going? Yeah. Yeah? So we'll talk about it on a later podcast, right? Probably, yeah. Um, so, okay, so... Well, I mean, where do, let's see, where do we start? Let's start from the beginning, I guess. Originally, you were called out for an emergency gig for this movie. Right. And then, you know, you had, you know, the thing in the family. We're not even going to get into that. Right. Anyway, you had that happen. And so they reached out to me. And, you know, of course, I'm, I was pretty much free and good to go. So now they didn't just reach out to you. Well, okay. I gave I gave know. it the I gave the Chris Warren hard sell. There we go. There well, we the go. only reason I bring it up, and I'm not like trying to take credit, but it's like I think people think that I'm not going to give people their due, like when they need to have their due given. Right. But like as quit, I mean, I was quit, and I, I and I sent long text to this guy. I was like, you fucking need to talk. You need to talk to Chris. He is the man. He will take care of it for you. And even then, I was like, he'll do a better job than I would have in this situation because I've seen him do this very thing like two or three times before. Yeah. So I was pushing because I I didn't want them to get cold feet and not bring somebody in. Right. Because of, I knew they needed help. Right. So I was like, I really was like, I was the ShamWow guy pushing Chris. Exactly. Yeah. So much. I had like the, the headset on, the yep. headset mic yep. on. I told him they'd love your nuts. You're going to love these nuts. (laughs) Got to play that clip there. Yeah. Um, So anyway, that happened, and I was good to go, pretty much. Um, Well, things kind of fell through, and they ended up trying to basically fix things with the assistant director that they had. And I was like, okay, that's fine. He said, but you know... But, you know, stay available just in case. And I was like, okay, that's fine. No big deal. Well, cut to a week, week and a half later. I get a phone call. Chris, you still available? Yes, I am. All right, we're booking your flight. How'd it go? So, get there. We start going, and I really start to realize I'm going to, a lot of this is going to hammer home on, like, why it is so important to hire someone as a first AD who knows what they're doing. Because when I got there, immediately the first thing I noticed was, was the schedule was just unbelievable. Like I, I truthfully could not believe that this guy had scheduled these things the way he did, mainly because A, you had two children on set, and he was scheduling days like for 12 hours, which by the way, you cannot do that with children, just in case you don't know that. At least if you're in California. In Texas, Arizona, sure, it's a little different. Obviously you don't want to kill a child, but if the parent's okay with it, you can do basically kind of whatever you want. Um, Anyway, but that was one of the, th- the first things I noticed was this is just ridiculous amount of work for these kids. Like, there's just no way this is going to work. And then uh, shortly after that, just going into shooting, like, one of the other issues they had was the DP that they originally had. Uh, I, I don't want to say he was a horrible, horrible director of photography. I never really worked with him. I didn't get the chance. But from what I heard... 
I mean, he would take two to three hours to do a setup. Which, if you're doing a studio film, sure, you can you have all the time in the world, especially because you're not shooting six, seven pages a day. But with an independent, I don't want to say low budget, but independent film, you basically, you don't have that kind of time. You don't have that luxury. Like, yes, you need to light and make it look good, but you don't have three hours. And you especially don't have three hours whenever you have an A-list actor, I'm not even going to state his name, you can look on my Facebook, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When you have him coming on to set the exact same call time as when your crew is basically showing up, which that baffled me, by the way, just to let yeah. you know I didn't understand why that was even happening. So essentially, they were just wasting time because of the director of photography and the AD just weren't, it just wasn't working well, essentially. Uh, but, you know, moving forward, they kind of got rid of both those problems. They brought me in and they brought another guy by the name of Marcus Durian in, which I would highly recommend him to anyone because he pulled, he pulled things out of the, out of his ass that I've never seen before that truthfully amazed me. Like with the, <coughs> with the, the stuff we had he made things work that I was like, wow, I don't know how we're going to do that, but he made it work. So obviously he has experience. He knows what he's doing. And like I said, I highly recommend him. If anybody who's listening is looking for a director of photography. Um, anyway, once we came in and kind of, you know, the first couple of days were rough. I mean, we were just, because essentially when I got there, there was no time for me to like rework an entire schedule. Like I basically had to, go off what this guy had already built and I mean you can even anybody on the crew you could ask I essentially was just like I just wish I had a day to reschedule this because right now this is not working like and we're killing ourselves um, so basically what the director decided to do is he was like you know what screw it everybody take a day off and Chris fixed this schedule so that's what I did. You know, I basically blocked it out like you would normally do on a on any feature. You know, if you're in a certain room, you want to shoot that entire room out. Don't don't sit there and like bounce back and forth, which we've been through that issue before as well. Yeah. You know, where essentially they're just bouncing back and forth through scenes and it's like, why are you even doing this? Shoot out the scenes the way you need them put them in order so they make sense don't sit there and keep bouncing around being like oh I'm gonna so this room is on the first floor but then the next scene we're shooting is on the second floor in a totally different room <coughs> that we don't even have pre-lit so now we have to waste a whole nother hour lighting that place where we could have stayed downstairs shot more scenes and kept it lit the way it is the way it's supposed to be um that was one of the biggest issues that I, one of the other biggest issues I saw with the schedule was just, it was constant bouncing up and down and all over the place. And it just didn't make any sense at all. Um, so anyway, you know, that day happened, me and the line producer sat down and we basically reworked the entire schedule, got it completely figured out and it looked great. You know, on paper, it really didn't look great. 
and I say on paper like, oh, you think, oh, I'm gonna come back with this bad story afterwards. Not really. I mean, once we started shooting, it just started, we just started banging scenes out. And it was awesome. Like everybody, truth, it turned turned everyone around. I mean, literally, when I got there, the crew was just downtrodden, like to the point where they were just like about to walk, essentially, you know. And as much as it sucks, like I was trying to pull it back, but working off that guy's schedule just wasn't going to happen. So when we redid it and started shooting, I mean, you saw the crew turn around, you saw the actors turn around, and it just, it really, it made an impact, which I was happy about, you know, and happy to see that things turned around. We actually started shooting. I was uh, looking at the scripties' notes or uh, reports every day. And when I looked at the first four or five days, basically, they were shooting like two pages, one page. I think one day had three pages and another, another day had maybe two and a half, three. And so looking at that, and then you turn around and look at when I hit the, when I hit the ground from then on, it was seven, eight, seven, seven. Like we were knocking days out and just getting a whole bunch of stuff and even adding stuff because we had time to do so. So, I mean, the director was happy. Everyone was happy. Things were turning around and it's not all on me. Like I don't claim all the credit. Marcus did a lot to help that, you know, just someone coming in, having the knowledge, knowing how to move fast and understanding that we didn't have a choice but to move fast. There was no time to sit there and waste on anything. So it was nice to have that and it was, once I hit the ground and we started turning things around, it truthfully became a, a, a really good experience, you know, I think. And it was awesome having, you know, some of the bigger named actors actually come up to me, which they have no reason to do so at all, uh, to actually come up to me and say, Chris, thank you for everything you've done. You truthfully saved this project. I mean, that alone made me feel great. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. because these people, like I said, these people have no reason to come up and say that to me. None. I mean, I'm just some guy. I'm not, you know, whatever big name, eight assistant director, which you hardly know them because they hardly ever get, you know, thanked or noticed. Yeah. The only uh, one I can think of is Douglas Arnikioski. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just some guy that they flew in on emergency and they came up they did that and then not only that we wrapped i got home and literally two days after i was getting text messages from crew telling me thank you so much you saved this project you know i don't some of them even said i don't know what we would have done if you and marcus wouldn't have come in so you know that alone proves that when you bring someone in that knows what they're doing knows how to fix a problem it changes everything. It changes the entire game because you can't just rely on, I mean, the director cannot do everything. Like it does not work that way. And I felt really bad for him when I first got there because literally he was having to do everything, you know? And it's like, that's not his job. You know, it's not his job to be an assistant director. 
it's not his job to be an uh, assistant director. It's not his job to be director of photography. It's not his job to be art department. He shouldn't even be worrying about those things. You know what I mean? Like, he should only be worrying about A, the actors, B, the performance, and C, the, um, just the whole vision of the film. You know, like, where's the film going? How does he want it to go? You know, does this, what does this need? What does that need? Like, and yeah, he can worry about some minor little things with art department or with director of photography or, you know, with the schedule, but that's not his main focus and it never should be his main focus. And when you do that, you take the director out of his, what he's trying to do, it could really destroy the film. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you pull him out of focusing on that. It just could totally wreck the film and the film could just flop because he's not worried about what he really should be worried about. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that you mentioning the, uh, you mentioning all that and their director being spread too thin or pulled in too many directions, hurting the film. I kind of like upon reflection, I feel like that was one of my main failings on Psychic Experiment. Right. Is, and not, I mean, I'm not real. I'm not really blaming the crew so much. Yeah, it's just we didn't have the luxury of having a full-on crew. Right. Like everybody kind of had to do everything. We didn't have an art department. It was us. It was us. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have production designers. It was us. Yeah. Um, so I feel like now, like stuff that I don't think really worked in the film. If I could have focused on those things more and delegated the other things a little more, it might have been a more successful project for me. But right, I, I so what I'm saying is I'm you know I, I get, I've seen firsthand how that can help. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of value in that, and and realizing that when you get to that point where you have infrastructure and support like that, you need to delegate. Or someone needs to make sure that they're delegating for you. Exactly. You know. Which essentially is the AD's job. Right. Keeping the trains running on time. Yeah. You know. Well, it's keeping the trains running, making sure, like, the director isn't being hit with stupid questions right. that I could solve for him instead of him having to worry about it. You right. Know? Um, I mean, that was one thing he kept having to deal with when I before I got there was people would just come up to him with the most absurd questions, and he's like... I don't. I, I need to focus on this. I don't have time to worry about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the other AD didn't. That was one of his biggest problems: was communication. Yeah. And I'm sorry if you're an assistant director, you need to know how to communicate. Yeah. Like, you have to talk to everyone. It's not just the director. You're talking to the entire crew every day. You know. I mean, it's like we talked on the phone when I was there. And it's like there were nights when I got home and I didn't want to talk because I've been talking all day. Yeah. Like, I don't. That's something a lot of people don't understand is like, if I go radio silent, it's not because. It's not because I don't I want to, it's because I have to, because I, I just need silence for a while. Yeah. You know, like I just need clarity. Yeah. Time to sit down and think instead of just constantly talking. But, um,. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's one of the key things, I think. And, you know, I know we've hammered on assistant directing before and how important and crucial it is. But this was just another one of those times where it's just like, wow, people really 
it really needs to be hammered home that you need somebody with experience. You need somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, and you know, I get it. Like, you know, you never know until you start to get in the situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this guy, some guy could walk up to you or you could see his resume and, Oh look, he has all these amazing credits. He's worked with all these amazing people. And then you get going and he really doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. You know, you never know if those are, cause there are times, like if he's worked on movies that big, it could, it could be like a self-driving car. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like those are real professionals that are going to do their job no matter what. Like you're not really going to have to baby them or like in, on some, in some situations, like I've worked with, well, like Will is one type of DP that's going to get the shot no matter what. Exactly. But then I've worked on movies with DPs that will literally sit there yeah. out of spite until you tell them what to do. Right. Or let them, you know what I mean? Like they'll be like, well, I'm going to waste time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't, I have no reason to shoot right now. Yeah. And so sit there with their arms crossed, smoking a cigarette. Right. Which I would much, I mean, that's why I love Will. That's why I love Marcus. Like, I love people that are like, you know what? I'm not going to create conflict. Let's figure it out. You know what I mean? Let's let's get the shot. Like, it doesn't matter. Let's just figure out how to get the shot. Yeah. Instead of sitting there, well, you know, you don't know what you're, you don't know what you're talking about or... You know, just trying to trying to be conflicting instead of trying to help be helpful. Right. Um, but yeah, back to that guy. Like, you know, he may have credits that look awesome, but it's because everybody under him was awesome. Exactly. And it makes makes him sort of look better. But then when you get in a situation where all the pieces aren't all the gears aren't necessarily fitting together, or you're dealing with different types of personalities or different skill levels, right? Or different levels of hustle. Yeah. You know, because you're going from a movie that takes maybe six months to shoot to a movie that you have to shoot in three weeks. Exactly. You know, you've got, you have to step it up and make everybody else step it up. Maybe he just didn't have those skills. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, anyway, sidebar. <coughs> well, and I mean, that's, that's really, I mean, that was really the biggest things that I saw. You know, other than that, I mean, our camera crew was great. Our grip and electric crew, just fantastic. Um, you know, there were some issues with the director, the old director of photography, and he ended up doing some kind of shady stuff. Um, but G&E, you know, picked up the pieces and just kept going. They're like, you know what, whatever, let's just go. Yeah. Um, let's make this work. And when I say like they had limited supplies, I mean, literally they were limited. Like, I, I think I told you on the phone, it wasn't even a three-ton grip truck. Like we had literally like maybe a one and a half. Yeah. Maybe the only reason I would call it a three-ton is because it had a nine K on it. Yeah. But that's it. Like yeah. I wouldn't call it a three K just because of the three-ton because it has a, a nine nine K on it. Like that's not normally you know normally a three-ton has a lot more than just that. So. Um, but you know what? We made it work. Got some beautiful shots. I think overall the director was was very happy. Oh, and that's something. Uh, the house. So the houses we were shooting in. Well, one of them. The other one was really nice and great. The other one was kind of an old farmhouse and had a, a mold situation. Yeah. So which you've encountered several times. Yep. Um, in fact, I'm battling, still battling it right now. Um, 
just being kind of sick, not feeling well, and it's from inhaling mold and all kinds of stuff like that. But you know, I mean, it's an old house and it looked great, you know, uh, and not well to add on to the mold also. Uh, the art department, because the house needed to look like it hadn't been touched in 10 years, we're taking Fuller's Earth and just spraying it all over yeah, the house. Yeah. So not only do you have mold you're inhaling, but you're also inhaling just dust, essentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm still recovering from that, but you know, all that aside, I think it was totally worth it in the effect that we changed the game, made the movie work, and ultimately the director was completely happy when we left, when we wrapped. You know, he actually felt like he had a movie in the can that he could be happy and proud of. Yeah. So I feel like I achieved my goal. Yeah. Did you, so how many pages was the script? Uh, I think altogether it was 120. I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was like 120, and if I remember right. What was the, uh, how, how many days did you guys shoot, or how many days was the entire shoot, and then how many days were you on? The entire shoot was 16 days, and I was on for 10. So, there was six days that I wasn't involved. Yeah. And then you, possibly, there's possibly more coming up? Uh, yeah, I mean, so they're kind of having to do the same thing that they did with, like we did with Imago, where you know, you had some stuff on practical location, then you had stuff built in, on set and studio. Um, so they're basically we're gearing up for that, and I'm just waiting to hear back from the director right now as to the order he wants it shot in, so that way I can start scheduling all that, and getting it in order. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to go back and work with him, you know, and now actually get a good schedule going. And, you know, we'll have our, pretty much our entire crew back. So it'll be, hopefully it'll be even better, you know. Yeah. Now that I'm actually, we'll have complete control on the schedule. Yeah. So. And how many, uh, when, if that happens, how many days is that going to be, do you know, or have they discussed? Uh, I have no idea. We haven't even discussed because one of the things we also have to keep in mind is that. I don't know how big the studio space is, so the, we may end up having to just build one set and then tear down and then build again. Right. You know, it won't be like a Mago where we essentially built the room and then we built the bathroom and yeah. we kind of just interchanged them when we needed to. Yeah. Um, this one actually like involves, you know, an attic and all kinds. Of, there's just all kinds of crazy stuff that you know I really can't go into detail about, but just stuff that they have to build and. It's going to be awesome, you know, once they actually get it going. Yeah. Cool. And that's, <laughs> so those, you shot, where you were shooting this last 10 days was in Northern California. Right. And the pickups are in Los Angeles proper. Mm, yes. Or right outside of right Los outside. Angeles. Yeah. Yep. That's where we'll be. So, like I said, I'm excited. I mean, I think we're going to, I think we're going to knock out a good project I think you know the director of it will finally be happy and get really be happy once it's done and has everything ready to go and the editors can start really working so and, and how so uh, since you've done this a few times how many more of these emergency gigs would you say you have in you none <laughs> zero yeah I'm pretty much I'm pretty much over it like don't get me wrong, like I said, I like working with the director and the crew that I'm working with right now, um, but 
I, I just, I don't know, man. It, unless there's a good chunk of change, I just don't. I don't see it being worth the the years off my life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, tell me about it, man. I mean, because when you're called in on an emergency, you're you're having to, like I said, you have to deal with somebody else's problems. You have to fix those problems, and then you have to continue to keep the shoot going. So it's not like you've scheduled it, you know what's going on, and you can handle it. You know what I mean? Like, if something does go wrong, you have your head entirely wrapped around. You know, this is more like pick up the pieces and try to make it work. You yeah. know, it's like a puzzle where the puzzle's on the table and someone has knocked half the puzzle off and then they ask you to come fix it. You know what I mean? Like it's that kind of situation where it's just like, oh, where does this, where does yeah. this piece go? How do and they don't tell you work? that they've knocked half the pieces off onto the floor? Right. Exactly. Like, or that they need a backhoe tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like that movie, which is not the one that I just came back from, by the way. Um, well, we said you've done this a bunch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you, we really have. You yeah, more I mean, than me, but yeah, it's. I feel like even the movies that aren't like that are kind of like that because. Yeah. My two, like two AD gigs ago, I feel like we had the same problems, even though someone was supposed to be putting out those fires. Right. You know? Right. But then, like, we. Well, shit, man. Even, like, when people are like, what? We only can shoot for eight hours. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So it's like you're constantly dealing with that kind of. Yeah. That kind of. That kind of sort of like op opposing force. Which the job you the job you have already is difficult, and then you're having to deal with that, right? Which it's almost like, you know, you come in ready to go, but you have to hold back and help push somebody on training wheels. Yeah, you know, and it just sucks because yeah. because it's like you should be right beside me. I shouldn't have to be you know pushing you along or holding your hand essentially. Yeah. So which you know. Which I just, I know from personal experience, from moving forward, like, I'd rather just be hired onto a project than be trying to pick up someone else's mess. Now, I mean, like I said, depending on the person and depending on the amount of money, I'd probably do it. You know what I mean? But there's only a certain amount of people that are in that circle. That yeah. I'll be like, you know what, I'll come in if you need me. But also, I would hope that those people would just hire me to begin with. Right. Now that they've seen what I can do. You know what I mean? Not that I'm trying to pat myself on the back, but just saying. Just saying that the reality of it is, you know, hire someone that knows what they're doing. Right. So you don't get end up in that situation. And you're not... Because, I mean, really... If it's an emergency situation, I just feel like, you know, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I feel like in an emergency situation, like you should be able to ask for more, especially if you're an AD who knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't, I don't feel like that's irrational. Like, I think if you're calling me in for an emergency gig, not that I can ask for like a thousand dollars a day. But you know what I mean? Like I can definitely ask for three fifty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like any anything I see, like on all the the production things that I sort of keep track of and look at, anytime there's any kind of a rush call, the rate is exponentially higher. Exactly. And it it's to I think that's totally fair. You know, because of the reasons that 
you laid out there already. Plus, you know, just the nature of I wasn't working today. Now I have to in two hours or have to tomorrow and have done no, like I have to basically get myself up to speed in, in one tenth of the time that someone else would have had. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's not, I mean, your time's valuable. Plus, it's a hard-ass job to do. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, it's really, it really takes a toll. Like, you're not going to be sleeping that night. Nope. And then if you have to travel, too, like on top of that, you're working on, like, literally, that's what I was doing. I was on the airplane working. Yeah. Well, like when we cold descent, we, you, the whole drive. 20, 20 hour drive to California, you were working on the schedule. Exactly. You know. And there was no, there was no time. Like, I, I it wasn't a. Oh well, I can I can just chill and talk to Mel for a while. Like, no, I've got to sit here and stare at a computer while he drives twenty four hours. Yeah, to get us to L.A. So I remember when we arrived, you were like, "Oh wow, already?" Yeah, well, because because I mean, you haven't you've been doing that the whole time. I was literally buried in a screen. Like, yeah. I mean, I would I think I shut the computer maybe four times just yeah. so I could just so I could stare out in the distance and get my eyes back to the yeah. screen. Throughout out in the distance, reevaluate your life and the choices you made. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, that's, that's all things that come to a head when you start to really do this for a living. I think, you know, when you really start to, if you're not working a nine to five anymore, you know, you're not, you're doing this for a living. Like, yeah, it's no longer about oh, well, you know, I can take this free gig or I can do this or I can do right. that. Right. You know what I mean? I have to pay the bills just like everybody else. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I was compensated very well for the movie I just got back from. Um, but in the future, I think that, which by the way, I will say this too. Um, sorry, side note. This is the first movie I ever worked on where literally three meals a day, had my housing taken care of, I didn't pay for anything. Yeah, and they flew you out. And they flew me out and flew me home. Yeah. Like I, and they're going to fly me back. Yeah. Like, I literally did not have to do... I came home with a check. I never... I didn't have to spend any of my money. Yeah. <laughs> At least on food or housing, which we have... I mean, well... It's varied in the past, but yeah. it's like we always have to make some sort of weird compromise. Exactly. You know, you know, or dig into what we're making. Well, because of the nature of what we're doing and, you know, getting people to agree to bring us in the first place initially, like when I was still in Texas only. Right. And you being in Texas only, like that's why the Tim thing worked out because then I could at least be there and have an LA address and give me part of the way there. Exactly. But, you know, there's other complications that come along with it. You know, do I want my car with me and right. all that stuff. So it's, you know, it's, you can't, at this point, you can't put it on them to pay for it exactly. because they're just going to hire a local. Exactly. That now you're at the point where they're going to fucking bring you out again yeah. because you did such a good job. Right. Instead of trying to find some local guy because exactly. they tried and it didn't work. Exactly. You know, so yeah, that's, it's good that they can see the value in what you can bring. Which, you know, now I'm also can go, I can do both. I can do Texas or LA. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the, you know, that's the realm that we live in. You know, it's like, yeah. you have to be flexible and you have to, you have to be able to say, you know what? Like, it's fine. I have a place to stay. Just make sure I have food. You know what I mean? Yeah. And pay me. Like, yeah. um, but like I said, that was the first movie that that's ever been like, we're going to feed you for, and if we don't feed you, we're going to give you per diem. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, hey, we're going to, don't worry about housing. We're totally taking care of that. And we're going to fly you out. Yeah. Which, and then pay me on top of all that, which was fantastic. Yeah. Like I said, I came home very well paid for what I, for what I did. Yeah. But looking into the future, it's just kind of like, hire me in the first place or let's, you know, there has to be some definitely exponential amount of money that has to come with that. Yeah. For it to be an emergency gig. Like I can't, I just can't continue to do these for like, I mean, the uh, two, a, two, three AD gigs ago, like, it was one of those situations where it was just like, man, this just wasn't enough money. You know what I mean? Like, we basically ended up spending money, spending more money driving home. You know, like, we spent almost all our money driving home and came home. I mean, I, I don't think I came home with half the money I had. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. driving home and right. food and then everything else. I mean, right. it just, it ate everything up. Yeah. You know? And, it, you know, it's, of course, all things considered, like, that's on us, kind of. Yeah. But then when you work as much as we did. Exactly. You know, you get real, it becomes really hard. Yeah. Well, and I mean, when, when you know, when you say that we, we work more than what we, we really did work more than what we should have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a lot, like it was hard because, and it's because other people weren't doing their job. Exactly. Cause I mean, if you're given, you know, first AD role and you know, or first AD DIT, whatever that role is, when you're given that role, that's all you do. Like yeah. you're not supposed to do grips work. You're not supposed to do art department, but pretty much, I mean, that not this one I just came home, came home from that one. No, that, that didn't happen. But like pretty much everything else we've worked on, we've had to do, we've had to wear multiple hats. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and yeah, I get it. That's kind of on us. We, we could have easily said no, like everybody else did. Well, yeah, but we want to see the movie get done exactly. and eventually done it's going to well. affect us. Like yeah. if this thing doesn't get turned, if this set doesn't get turned around tonight exactly, and we don't help, if we don't help, it's not going to get turned around tonight. If it doesn't get turned around tonight, we're going to not make our day tomorrow. Exactly. And then it's my problem. Exactly. You know, and then I have to worry about it. Right. So, and it's just the nature of, I guess, who we are. It's, it's the Superman thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, it just keeps getting us into trouble. But that's what we get for being so capable, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but I guess that's also why we can we can do things where we don't need a huge crew. Yeah. Because we've just done this so many times of wearing multiple hats that right. it's, it's like second nature essentially does. Right. It's not something hard. It doesn't, you know, we all, we, the crew that we have knows how to work well together and how to make things happen. And right. we don't have to have 50,000 people to do it, you know? Right. Especially, at least for an independent film, you know? Yeah. Bigger budget. Sure. Yeah, we got to bring somebody in. Yeah. In fact, the... Oh, great. Good to know that's going to be close. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, the thing that we're scouting for right now is going to be a pretty small... Yep. Yeah. Which, I, I... Side note, I don't know if you knew this, but the area that we're in, like, is... Historically, a Ku Klux Klan stronghold. Oh no, I totally knew. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I think about it. every time I drive down here, I think about this. Yeah. So it should be a fun shoot. Yeah, it always makes me go. Do we really want to shoot here? Yeah. Well, you know, no matter where we go. Yeah. You know, for what we're looking for, it's going to be kind of like that. Exactly. At least we have Lisa to put out there in front. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Vouch for us. Master race. Master race. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, 
so yeah, uh, any Duwami, do you have, before we wrap that part up, is there anything more to add from your experience, do you think? No, I mean, I think I pretty much hit all the notes. I mean, like I said, I'm just excited to get back out there and help him, help them finish out this film. You know, I think that's going to be a, going to be a good thing. And I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what other opportunities that may open up for us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just going in there and basically doing a bang up job, you know, that basically makes them go, well, Chris and Mel know what they're doing. Right. You know? Right. These guys aren't idiots. They know how to handle a situation. They're problem solvers. They're everything that you need. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm not trying to jerk us off. But so basically, uh, you're kind of just waiting for them to let you know if you're going to be shooting more. Yeah. And they're supposed to let you know in the next few uh, days. A few days, yeah. A few days to a week, just depending on what else going on with them. <clears throat> so in the meantime, I guess, what's uh, what's next? Uh, right now, I'm just going to be kind of at home, just writing, you know, kind of just writing. Doing some, working on some other little projects, stuff like that. That's pretty much it. Yeah. What's the big piece of like new knowledge that you take away from this experience that I guess you never really had to deal with before, or you know, this is your first time like having to worry about? Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kids in Los Angeles. Um, because you know we've dealt with kids before. But it was here. Yeah. So there wasn't really any, like, there's no real, I mean, there are laws, obviously. You can't, like, abuse a child, you know, and things like that. But yeah. It's not like L.A. where, or California in general, where the child labor laws are very strict. There's a certain amount of time they can shoot. They can only shoot that amount of time. And if you go over, it, you could... Yeah, it could do a lot of damage. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. I mean, I don't think I need to go into details. Yeah. If you want to know, just look it up. Trust me, it's it's all over the web. Yeah. SAG has distinct a distinct page just for children. So. Yeah. And you have the you have the set teacher. Oh yeah, the onset teacher. Um, that was interesting, you know, but she was very helpful. I mean, was very helpful in like, you know, like I said, it's never really worked with kids in California. So she like broke it down for me, you know, she, even though I had read the rules and I knew exactly what was going to happen, she broke it down even further, explained a couple things that I was a little more hesitant about. I wasn't too sure how that, because you know, like most SAG paperwork, it's worded very convoluted and it doesn't, it's not always exactly to the T of how it's supposed to, like what, what's supposed to happen. You kind of have to, you know. Yeah. Work your, weave your way through the wording to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she just kind of broke it down a little more and helped me out. That was it. I mean, after that, it was pretty simple. You know, just really, it's learning that I now understand what they mean by when the two hard, hardest things to work with in Hollywood are kids and, kids and animals. <laughs> like, it is true. It, you know, there is, there's constraints. <clears throat> there's constraints that you don't have to deal with with adults so it's something to always keep in mind especially if you if anyone who is listening works and lives in California wants to work in California and has a movie idea that they want to do that has children just realize that 
you're going to need more than just a week or two weeks to shoot a movie, especially if the kids are like lead roles and depending on their age. Yeah. Now, I mean, if they're 17 and up, not so much, but like when you start going below that, you're, your time with them on set is very limited, especially if I think it's, I think it's like five to nine, that five to nine range. I mean, it's four hours on set and that is it. Like yeah. no more, no less. And now we get into why, uh, Gary Coleman and Webster were like gold mines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they could fake being that age. Oh yeah, absolutely. But they're all like, you know, 25, 25. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I would suggest that too. Like if, like if you can find someone who can still play young, but they are an adult, that's why a lot of people do it because they just don't want to have to pay and deal with all the other extra crap that you have to deal with. Yeah. I say crap. It's all in a good way. Like I totally understand why it's there and what the yeah yeah. Is for. No one wants to be exploited, and you don't want to exploit children. <laughs> but like, yeah, seriously, do your research before you start because they, yeah. you know, like you said, the previous person hadn't really looked into that. No, you kind of had to clean some of that up. Yeah, I mean, because you can't you can't even have a child of that age on set for twelve hours, let alone working for twelve hours. So I mean, because the max with five to nine is. Eight and a half hours, and then the max from ten to ten to. F Ooh, I could get my numbers wrong, but I believe it's ten to fifteen, or ten to fifteen, or ten to fourteen. Basically, you'd have them for nine and a half on set. Now that includes, so it's four hours for the five to nine group. Four hours on set working. They get three hours of schooling every day as long as school is in session so if you're working through the weekdays then you have you have to give them at least a 30 minute lunch and you have to give them an hour of recreational time you absolutely have to like and that has to be documented every day that's for five to nine and just switch over to the add an extra hour for the 10 to 15 or whatever that range is add an extra hour on set and everything else still applies yeah so it's not a whole lot when you really think about it. It's five and a half hours yeah. know, for someone a little older. doesn't really change much. I mean, you can do a little more with them, but not a whole lot. Yeah. So, but one thing I did love was that, which is something we should talk about, I guess, is you can also bank hours with the kids. So like on the weekends, if, you know, they don't have school, that's, let's just say they're not even on set. You can have the on-set teacher meet up with the kids and bank hours. So that way you can use them on a day whenever you don't really have time to let them go do schooling, but you need to shoot with them. You can bank those hours and use them for that day. So on Saturday, if you did, didn't even need them on set, you had the on-set teacher go meet with them two, three hours of schooling, you bank those three hours and then use them on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever they're supposed to be in school. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really beneficial. And the onset teachers that I worked with were very nice, very helpful, and were willing to just do whatever they could to help you out. You know, they weren't trying to throw you under the bus. So... 
it's definitely nice to have that too, to have something there to, because also, not only are they your, uh, are they the onset teacher, but they're also the technical legal guardian of the child while on set. Yeah. It's not even the parents. So the parents all day can say, yes, 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 it's fine. You can use them, whatever. <clears throat> but if that onset teacher says, no, you're done, you're done. Like there is no question. It doesn't matter what the parent says. Yeah. That's it. What she says goes. Yeah. Probably put into place because of crazy Hollywood parents. Yep. That don't have the best interest of their kids apart. They only have the interest in for themselves. Yeah. And that trust fund. Yep. That's slowly getting drained. Yep. But yeah, that's all valuable info that people, and that's the kind of stuff people never ever consider nope. ahead of time. And listening to you break it down, I mean, obviously it's going to have a huge impact on what your shooting days oh, yeah. and your schedule and stuff like that. So uh, this is the kind of in, this is the kind of hard info that barely living the dream gives you. <laughs> Dropping that science. Yep. And then, but what frustrates me is like the stuff isn't hard to figure out. No, it's all there. It's all there. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, like I just said, <clears throat> with SAG, it's their paperwork, the way that it's written, it gets kind of hard to read sometimes. But you can call someone at SAG and ask them. Yeah. I mean, they will tell you exactly what that means. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I just got lucky that the onset teacher was totally cool and could break it down for me. But if that person isn't being that way, call SAG and be like, hey, I've got this project, I have children, I need to ask this question, this question, this question. What does this mean? What does the way you word this, how do you break this down for me? Explain to me what exactly you mean by this. Right. And, you know, call your state labor commission too. Yep. And find out their guidelines. And, you know, it's they're, they're, they're they're there to help you. I mean, they're not going to bite your head off. I guess people look at it as like, you know, just more administrative bull crap that's meant to trip you up. But I've never really had that experience. Nope. Every time I've had to call one of these entities for help, they they've, help. Been, they've been more than willing to help me and even kind of cut me some slack on stuff that I may have inadvertently screwed up. Yeah. Because I didn't know. And, you know, just kind of show me how to make up for it. But. Yeah, don't be afraid to figure that stuff out. Because once, you don't want to... Once you do it, and then they come after you with the fine or want to shut you down, like the damage is done. Yep, and there's nothing you can do. And then, then a producer or a director is going to come to you and be like, you should have known this, why didn't you know? Yeah. And then it's really all on you. Like, there is no... There is no, oh, well, you know, I just, I, I thought that's what this meant. Well, you can't just go off assumption. Like, you have to confirm things. <clears throat> because if you assume you're going to screw something, something's going to get screwed up. Yeah. And then it's going to all fall on your shoulders. And that's not going to be a good thing. So, just some words of advice. Yeah. So, cool. Any final thoughts on that? Um, Really, I mean, I think I think we've covered it pretty well. Dropped a little science, dropped yeah. a little spice. I think we're all right. <laughs> so. uh, I mean, anything else you want to touch on? There's another segment I wanted to introduce, but I'm not fully prepared because I didn't bring the 
Oh, stuff. But it's, okay, I think I, I think I'd rather debut it on an episode that has both you and Brittany on it. Gotcha. Okay, it'll be a little more fun. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna have a, a new sort of recurring end segment. I think. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so listeners in. listen, check look for that to happen hopefully next week. Nice. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, you know, I think that's. That's all I've got. I think you kind of covered everything that I... I mean, you know, <clears throat> I guess my final final statement would just be, you know, just do the right thing, ultimately, and look for someone that's talented. Don't hire anybody that... I mean, if you're going to hire somebody that doesn't have a resume to back up everything, at least sit down, talk with them, make sure you vibe well with them. Ask yeah. them some questions, Ask see if they them. actually yeah. know the answers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, see if they're really hungry to be a first AD. Do they, do, you know, because, I mean, there are certain people that exude, like, you were like, well, you know what, I bet you'd be a good second, or he'd be kind of like we've noticed on other films. You yeah. Know, people can show certain things that make you go, I bet you're pretty good at this. Yeah. So, just look for that. Look for ask questions don't be afraid to ask questions that's one of the biggest things I can say is don't be afraid to ask questions because at the end of the day it could end up saving your movie you know just to ask a question may piss somebody off but at the end of the day it's your movie not theirs right so always remember that I think that's it cool well I think we'll wrap it up um what new things do we have to shout out? I feel like some new shit happened. Uh, Cut Her Out is out. Cut Her Out's out. I don't think I've mentioned that yet. It is out. A movie that we co-produced slash assistant directed yep. for Tiffany Heath is out via midnight releasing. It's called Cut Her Out, formerly titled Spavine. Uh, it is out. It is out pretty much everywhere. I mean, it's easily found, I think. It's been getting some pretty good reviews. Yeah, it's been getting very good reviews. Klinger, of course, is still out. It's still playing festivals, actually. Just played played Beaumont. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Beaumont. uh, Last weekend. Yep. Uh, Where Spavey played a year ago. Yeah. The exact same festival. How about that? Yeah. Uh, What else? Placeholders is slowly rolling out further and further. Come on, Amazon. Yeah. (laughs) Amazon will be putting up the final few episodes, I guess, hopefully soon. We're getting some good reviews, good exposure. Oh, it went to Canada. Yeah, we've confirmed that it's available in Canada now. Hey. Hey. So uh, get yourself some Molson and some maple syrup, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) And set down some moose steak. Yep. Enjoy some public access while you're at it. Yeah. Um, what else? I feel like there's something else, something else of ours that's kind of matured into adulthood. But yeah, that must be it. No, well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, another movie. I mean, Amaga is still in post, so <clears throat> which hopefully soon. Yeah, well, we're at a deadline now, so yeah, yeah that was maybe the wrap up begins now. Yep. Um, so yeah, look for updates on that. And look for a resolution to my ongoing legal battles. Yeah, that's <laughs> coming. That's coming. Um, as of this morning, I have new fuel for the fire. And maybe I'll actually come out on top. That's where a sound bite needs to come in with a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
but yeah I think that's it yeah. make sure you check out Brittany's movie 869 yeah for sure and uh, her website movie monster my website upstartfilmworks.net it's um, kind of where all my stuff is too yeah <clears throat> Up, at upstart film on twitter I'm at C4454 on everything except for Facebook. Facebook's Christopher Warren. Yeah. Look for the guy with the uh, Hannibal Lecter mask. Hannibal Lecter mask. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, still recuperating. Yeah. And uh, that should do it. And we will see you next week. Yo, sir.